Welcome to Self-Compassionate Professor, a career wellness podcast for mid-career and recovering academics who want more. More meaning, balance, rest, joy, and more clarity. Our motto here is no regrets. So glad you're here. Hello, hello. Welcome to episode 133. I'm Danielle Delamar, and I'm so glad you're here, Um, especially because this episode is so damn relevant to people right now as they begin the semester. Um, We're talking about boundaries and what it means to really set your boundaries. So going into the semester is like this frantic, frenzied, fragmented thing, right? I mean, you all know this. We all know this. People are distracted. People are dissociated, right? How many times have you been in, you know, a faculty meeting and completely dissociated, right? Like you are not in your body at all. Body? Body what? (laughs) Do I have a body? Right? You're distracted, you're hazy, you're foggy, you're physically there, but in every other way, you're absolutely not there. This is the environment, the absolute perfect environment for boundarylessness to grow. It flourishes when people are all over the place, when you can't feel into your body, when you have a ton of different expectations that are taking you in a billion different directions and you don't know how to ground. In this episode, I really want to talk about boundary setting as an embodied experience and what a strong boundary looks like and feels like. And then I want to offer a meditation practice that comes from Carla McLaren, When I'm talking about boundary setting, I'm talking about it as something that puts you in your body, that puts you in the moment, you're present, you're gathered, right? You feel like a whole person, you feel integrated. And because you're grounded and clear about what's going on in your body, when something comes up, like if you're in a faculty meeting and somebody asks you to do something that you know you don't have the capacity to do, you can very easily and with eloquence and courage say no. And you say it in a way that doesn't put people off because you're just present. You're just in your body. You're just naming your experience and you're not trying to defend yourself. You're not trying to backpedal. You're not trying to aggressively defend your boundaries, right? No, you are in your body. You feel the sensations in your body. You feel the points of contact as you're sitting there, right? Whether that be your feet on the floor or your hands resting in your lap or your back and bottom on the chair, you can feel your boundary around you. And you feel like a separate individual who is having a separate experience from other people. And you are confident in what you're feeling. You're able to name it. 
you're able to set a boundary with ease, with calm. And all you did was be present, be in your body, and be connected to the conversation that was happening in front of you. It takes practice, especially if you're not very good at drawing boundaries right now, right? And you know if you're not good at drawing boundaries if you're not investing in self-care, you are overwhelmed, you are resentful of things you have to do, and or you're avoiding a bunch of stuff. (laughs) I laugh at that last one because I used to be such a dodger. Like I would be in my office working and if I had to run to the restroom, I would, before running to the restroom, stop and look both ways down the hall <laughs> to make sure that nobody who might want to talk to me would talk to me. Because I was like, I have work to do. I can't let anybody invade this space that I have, this time that I have to do the work I need to do. So I am not kidding when I say, I literally ran down the hall when I saw no one coming, went to the restroom, and then on the way back, looked both ways again (laughs) and ran back to my office to close the door. Clearly, I did not have healthy boundaries. (laughs) In fact, one time after teaching a class, I had to go to this meeting like right away. It, It was like I had five minutes to get there after class ended kind of thing. And I had a student who wanted to talk to me after class, and I let her go on and on and on, so much so that I actually missed my meeting, like the whole thing, like in its entirety. Like I let her talk that long. That's how bad I was at setting boundaries. And that's why I had to avoid people, right? Because if anybody got a hold of me, I would let them just totally have their way with me. So if you have one of these things I mentioned, you avoid like I used to do, you are like chronically overwhelmed, you're resentful, you're not taking care of yourself. Often all of those things sort of run together, right? It's not like (laughs) you only have one of those things going on. If these things are happening to you, you clearly don't have healthy boundaries, right? And I know I just said, All it takes is, you know, being present and in your body and voila, you've said the right thing. You've set boundaries the right way. Believe me, I know how that sounds. And I would also ask you to take a step back and really feel into the possibility that boundary setting may just be that easy. Maybe I should say simple right? Because the road to being able to set boundaries in that way can be a long road, right? Especially, you know, if you're a people pleaser or somebody who shies away from connection, right? You don't want to talk to people. It really takes practice in being yourself in the here and now If you can imagine the last conversation you had with a colleague, and in that conversation, there were probably a lot of things you held back, a lot of things you didn't say, or a lot of things that you said that maybe weren't 
entirely true, right? Maybe you told them that you had a meeting at three o'clock, but it was actually at four o'clock. Or maybe you're trying to get them to see how hard this new program in your department that you're leading, how hard it is on you. And so you kind of exaggerate here and there. Maybe say you were at the office an extra half hour last night, right? So we're talking like little half truths. We're talking overstatements. Maybe you're even going to say something is certain when it really isn't certain. You need to be able to ground into your body. And when you ground into your body, you ground into the truth. And when you're more truthful, you're able to set boundaries in a way that just sort of rolls off the tongue, right? Again, it's not easy. It takes practice. And I would suggest that you practice with people you feel safe with, right? Like I wouldn't go to the department bully, (laughs) right? And start practicing this right now, especially if you need a lot of practice, right? Practice doing this with people you feel safe with. And then at some point, you can graduate yourself when you really feel like you've gotten it, you're grounded in your body, you're grounded in the present moment, you're grounded in the truth of the moment, then you can graduate and start talking to people that don't feel as safe, right? And honestly, when you are dealing with a bully, right? that bully is going to take up as much space as possible, be as big as possible and say whatever they need to say to push you off your game. The thing is though, they're not playing with the truth when they do that. They are just as ungrounded as sort of everybody else feels, right? Like (laughs) in our culture of feeling ungrounded all the time, they are just as ungrounded. They just don't look it. But when you think about, again, the overstatements and the half-truths and all the other things, right, that they have to weave into their way of being in the world, you can see that their bigness is shaky, right? And they are not grounded in their body either, right? And when you show up in a grounded way to a bully like that, it deflates them right? It makes them smaller. But when you make yourself smaller to accommodate their bigness, because you're not grounded in your own body, it makes them bigger. And it makes it so you're less likely to set your boundaries. This happens at home too. This last weekend, my husband had said to me, you know, I've got to watch the football game at 11 a.m., And, you know, I plan on ironing at that time. I'm not going to be sort of available to the family because I'm watching the game and ironing. (laughs) And back in the day, I would not have said, oh, well, if you're going to be unavailable at that time, then I'm going to be unavailable between now and that time, right? But now it's just really easy and clear. Like I knew I had to do some meal planning. I knew I needed to get a walk in. And when he said he was going to be unavailable at that time, I knew then that he could be with the kids before that. And then I would be with the kids when the game came on. 
And I could very easily just say that to him. Okay, well, if you're going to do that, well, I'm going to do this. And I used to be scared to do that, right? Like, I don't want to be the jerk who, who doesn't contribute to the family and our childcare needs. And so I just won't do anything. And I'll just let him do what he wants and I won't do what I want. And then I'm resentful, right? Like, he always gets to do what he wants. But <laughs> it's just because I never said, this is what I need, right? But when I'm more embodied, when I can feel into what I need, I'm able to say it. And I did say it. And I got exactly what I wanted. And I felt more grounded that day because of it. And I continue to feel more grounded the rest of the week because it was meal planning that I did during that time, right? And so now I don't have to worry about what we're going to eat for dinner because I set my boundaries at the right time when the issue came up because I was present, because I was embodied. All right, so now that you have sort of an idea of what an embodied sort of boundaried experience can look like and feel like, and you know that you need to practice it, <laughs> I want to now offer you a meditation that will help you to feel more boundaried. And you can go back to this meditation over and over again when you're starting to feel fragmented and frenzied, when you're starting to dissociate. And this meditation comes from Carla McLaren. She's the one I was talking about previously, who is just this genius when it comes to emotions. And really quickly, before we get to the meditation, I just want to say that if you want more support in this, more support in setting your boundaries, more support in practicing being more embodied. These are things we talk about in the sabbatical program. And the sabbatical program is a year-long program because it takes a lot of practice to walk this walk, right? It takes a lot of practice to start paving a self-compassionate career path. It takes knowing how to process your emotions, right? It means knowing what is sort of sabotaging you. We also talk about the sort of roadmap on the way to your vision so that you can plot out where you are and where you still need to go. We talk about what inner wisdom feels like and how that feeling is the state you want to be in as you walk towards your vision, right? It's your compass. We also talk about taking care of your body, right, in terms of good quality sleep, habits like eating dinner earlier, creating a short morning yoga practice, things like that, because those daily habits will anchor you. They'll help you to feel more grounded. They will calm your nervous system. And they will make accessing your inner wisdom that much easier. So yeah, this program is all about your body, right? feeling embodied, noticing what comes up for you, and responding healthily and productively to that. And we practice being in our bodies and naming the sensations, naming the thoughts that emerge. We practice being present. We practice holding ourselves in self-compassion and we practice holding the group in compassion. And those are the two main things you need if you find yourself in some kind of a career crisis. 
you need to be able to hold yourself and you need support. You need to be able to feel that other people are holding you. When you feel safe, you can trust. And when you can trust, you can pave that path towards your vision. So join the sabbatical program. If this feels like something you need to do, do it. Check in with your body compass, right? Ask your body, should I be doing this? And if your body has an open response, the answer is yes, (laughs) right? And similarly, if it's closed off or tight when you ask that question, then the sabbatical program is not for you. So check in with your body. The next enrollment period for the sabbatical program begins September 22nd, so you can register at that time, and enrollment will remain open until October 5th. The group meets every Friday at 11.30 a.m. Eastern, and they meet for 55 minutes. We meet for 55 minutes. And I've had people ask me, like, really, every single Friday for an entire calendar year? (laughs) And my answer is, yep. Because think about all those semesters where you were committed to making it go well and feeling on top of it and being healthier and not letting your job take over your life. And then by mid-semester, you would sort of wake up and realize that the job has taken over your life again, right? Every semester. The sabbatical program meets every single Friday to keep you grounded, to keep you in your body, to keep you accessing your inner wisdom so that you're not spinning out of control mid-semester. We, of course, don't meet on holidays or for a few weeks in the summer. It's like a five-week period during the summer in July and August. We don't meet then. But other than that, It's every Friday. (laughs) I should also mention that there's a private podcast that goes with our Friday meetings. We have like a monthly topic. And if that topic feels alive to you, you can explore it in our weekly meetings. If it doesn't, if you are exploring something else, there is space for you to explore that other thing in the weekly meetings. And I also love it when people check in. I have an app, a coaching app, where I have you check in every morning and evening. Just, again, to keep you grounded. I love it, love it, love it when people are doing that consistently. We do weekly planning. We do seasonal planning. In fact, on the fall equinox, uh, on September 22nd, we're going to be meeting for a little retreat where... I've asked sabbatical participants to clear their calendars so that we can rest, reflect, and set our intentions for the next season. So if this feels like something you want to do, once again, enrollment opens September 22nd. (laughs) Let's get a handle on the semester before the semester takes over your life. For the entire year, the sabbatical program is $2,100. That includes two one-to-one coaching sessions, as well as the weekly group meetings, the private podcast, and the app. You can pay that in one lump sum, or you can pay $180 a month. 
And so you got to ask yourself, getting healthier, accessing your inner wisdom, getting clear about what you need in your career and your life. Is it worth it? Again, check in with your body. Also, if you have questions for me about the sabbatical program, you can email me at danielle at selfcompassionateprofessor.com. That's D-A-N-I-E-L-L-E. Danielle at selfcompassionateprofessor.com. I'm also happy to have a short conversation with you to talk about whether or not this is right for you. And if we do do a consult like that, don't get nervous. Like I am not going to pull out all the stops and try to sell you the program. If it's not right for you, I will tell you it's not right for you. I need people in this program who are committed to paving a better path. Right. And if in our conversation it becomes clear that you're not committed or you actually just need a traditional career coach or you need a mentor, I will let you know that. Right. This program isn't for everyone. It's for those who want to practice embodiment over and over and over and over and over again until they start to feel calm until they can access their inner wisdom so that they can pave a career path, a life path that feels really, really good, that feels really solid, that matches exactly who they are and what they value. And that's a big commitment. But, oh man, when you start to feel that growth, when you start to see that you're calmer more consistently, when you start to feel like you're in control of your work and your life, it's really worth it. All right. On that note, I will turn now to this meditation I promised you. Hello, hello. This is Danielle Delamar, and this meditation is to help you find your boundaries. So often when we talk about boundaries, we talk about them in these overly abstract ways. And then often when you think about it in abstract ways, you end up having these abstract questions about, should I say no to this person? (laughs) Should I say no to that project? Maybe I shouldn't. Like, what are my boundaries? And it becomes sort of confusing. So what I love about this meditation, which comes from Carla McLaren's book, The Language of Emotions, is that it helps you to see and feel your boundaries in a very embodied, very tangible way. And when you can really feel, like really feel your boundaries, it's no longer a matter of abstract questions like, should I say yes to this? Should I say yes to that? It's now about feeling very clearly what is a yes and what is a no. All right, so before we pick up the meditation, what I want you to do is reach both of your arms out, stretching them long on both sides of your body. Um, And if you can't do that, imagine doing that. And then what I want you to do is imagine yourself sort of spinning around, right? And so those boundaries are not just now on the sides of you. They're also on the front and back of you. Okay, so you have these boundaries all around you. 
on your sides, your front, and your back. And now I want you to imagine the same length boundaries on the top of you and on the bottom of you. Right? So that one on the bottom is going through the floor. Okay, now that we've done that, we're ready to do the quick meditation. So go ahead and hit pause if you need to set up to get ready to meditate. If you need to get a meditation pillow or you need to rearrange yourself, shift your body in some way, go ahead and do that. And when you're ready, go ahead and ground and focus yourself if you can. And then just imagine your arm's length personal boundary as brightly lit as you can. And if not brightly lit, maybe it's just very, very distinct in some way. Use your five senses to feel its distinction. And the distinction should feel very intense. If you're imagining a color for your boundary, it should be a very intense color. It could be like lime green or electric magenta. So making sure your boundary is very, very noticeable. So now you're taking a deep breath and imagining your boundary expanding a few inches in all directions, just like your torso does, right, when you inhale. And then as you exhale, imagine your personal boundary resuming its healthy arm's length distance from your body at all points. Notice that your brightly lit personal boundary also reaches under the floor. Go ahead and breathe in again. And then make sure that the edges of your boundary expand slightly in all directions, even underneath you. And then go ahead and breathe out and allowing your boundary to resume its correct distance from your body. And that's it. That's your boundary. You can breathe with your boundary as often as you'd like. And it's going to take some practice, but the more you do it, 
the better able you'll remain integrated and remain grounded and clear, even when it's super chaotic around you, even when there are a lot of distractions. And your goal here is to create a calm, focused, sacred space within you and immediately around you. You live here in a space that is safe. And in this safe space, you can relax. You can connect to yourself. You can be honest with yourself. And you can make solid decisions about how to navigate the day. And if you continue to hold this boundaried sense, you begin making decisions that are founded on a foundation of wellness. You begin making decisions that are in your best interest. You connect with people who are good for you. And you disconnect from people who are bad for you. Good luck with your practice of creating boundaries. Take care. Thanks for listening to Self-Compassionate Professor. Find me on LinkedIn at Danielle Delamar, on Twitter and Instagram at Danielle SC Prof, or schedule a free coaching consult at selfcompassionateprofessor.com. Be well.